Welcome to the Laces Out Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Ray, and I'm surrounded by four great friends, including... Corey Ginsberg, Mike Falcon. This is Tyler Pickford. And I'm Bobby Vito. And we are all drinking today. And I just want to say cheers to the very first podcast. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, 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 absolutely. Um, today, we decided to kick our very first podcast off with... Two late-round flyers, and we, we were in many leagues, but today we're specifically talking about a 12-man PPR league. Uh, we're half-point PPR, either way. Uh, and I want to just kick things off with Corey Ginsburg. To my left, you have two guys. I think you're lumping them together. I want to hear about them. Yeah, so uh, I have two. The, my first one I am lumping together, they are... Our Tampa Bay running back committee, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Peyton Barber currently being drafted at an average pick of 100, which is going to be your late ninth round. Uh, Ronald Jones, a little bit uh, similar, 11th at, or your 11th round at 133. So, Corey, when you say committee, do you actually think that these guys are going to be in a committee, or do you think that one's going to kind of take the reins, and then one guy's kind of going to fall behind, or what, what, are, you, what are you getting at there? So, to start the season, I firmly believe Peyton Barber is going to be your lead uh, halfback. Okay. Uh, so, getting him in the late ninth a feature back is super huge without minimal uh, risk to that pick. Uh, what I believe is going to happen uh, throughout the course of the season is that Bruce Arians' new head coach, off- offense aficionado, is going to learn how to utilize both of them effectively, and it's going to be kind of a split run uh, firmly along the lines of a Devontae Freeman and a Tevin Coleman. So what, what makes you think that, though? Because last year, I mean, you know, they, they chose Ronald Jones pretty high, um, and then we effectively didn't see him at all. You know. Also, I want to say aficionado, that's a good $5 word, Corey. Thank that's you. That's a good $5 <laughs> word. So uh, a lot of this has to do with Peyton Barber had the workload last year. He, averaged, or he got 234 carries, uh, 867 yards, and about seven touchdowns, which is pretty solid stat line, especially for someone that you're getting in the late ninth. I agree. Uh, and then Ronald Jones is... Yes, we saw him get 22 carries, about 23 yards, and a touchdown. So there's not a lot of wiggle room. So, so that was his season total? That was season total out of nine games. Oh, and you want me to draft him? I want you to draft him in the 11th or the 12th, a late-round flyer that has zero risk involved with that pick. But in my opinion, in that offense, I think Bruce Arians is going to know how to utilize that kind of talent, uh, unlike a uh, Dirk Cutter, who, uh, yeah, has the imagination of maybe... Uh... So, so Corey with the hot takes over here saying uh, that Bruce Arians is better than Dirk Cutter as a head coach. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, and then my second guy is a uh, very controversial pick, but uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, currently, right now, he's uh, being drafted at 116, which is a 10th round pick. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me take you past, uh, down memory lane. His two worst years were in 2013 and 2014, where he had 700 yards, uh, prob- six touchdowns each season last year. 786 yards, six touchdowns, still led the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. 
He's having Kyler Murray throw it to him. He is going to be the bailout wide receiver, and he is going to get red zone targets. He is a steal in the 10. So here's here's my concern with Larry Fitzgerald. In in those years where he had his worst years and still put up numbers, he was working with like basically no competition in terms of receptions, right? And what your point when it comes to the outlet, he's going to have Andy Isabella back there as well, and David Johnson, one of the best running backs in the league, a perfect outlet, right? So that's my concern, is that those targets aren't going to be funneled to him the way they have been in the past. That's going to be, it's an air raid offense. The idea is that you have guys open all over the field, and you're going to divide that ball up and get it around. That's my, that's my concern about Fitzgerald. I agree with that. Uh, I believe that... Um... Kyler Murray is going to learn very quickly in these OTAs and in training camp that he is going to rely on the veteran because he is the oldest player in that core. The next oldest is Christian Kirk entering his second year. The rest are rookies. He's going to be a lot more comfortable throwing it to future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I can't argue with you too much because I... I think we all love Larry Fitzgerald, and we know his talent. You know, he is getting a little older. There are a lot of mouths to feed because, I mean, even with what Tyler said, the wide receivers he talked about, we do have Hakeem Butler and Christian Kirk as well. But, you know, I mean, it would not surprise me if Larry Fitzgerald did benefit from the majority of his targets, especially since he's playing in the slot. So, sure, I, I think it's a good point. And the whole idea is, is that these are guys that you're – using relative low risk on and a player like Larry Fitzgerald going in the tent is a steal. Agreed. Fair enough. I mean, is it hot takes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. Hot, hot takes. Larry Fitzgerald is good. Larry Fitzgerald is good. He's still pretty good. And that makes him better than the majority of the roster is basically what you're saying. Correct. Fair enough. Moving forward. We have Mike Falcon with his hot takes. All right, guys. So, I mean, my guys are not as good as Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, but I do still think that they are worthy of a late-round pick. So the first guy I want to talk about, I was huge on him last year and unfortunately had a couple uh, injury concerns and uh, was eventually uh, put on IR. Uh, but that's Geronimo Allison. Um, so, I mean, throughout history, the third wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers offense has been relevant. We've seen that um, throughout the years. And Geronimo Allison, last year, in his first four games, the four games that he was healthy, put up really, really good fantasy numbers. So game one, 15.4. Game two, 9.4. Game three, 14.6. Game four, 11. Right? And that's with eight, six, four, and 11 targets. That is a lot of targets, and that is a lot of fantasy points. And I believe if he hadn't got injured and hadn't been put on IR, he would have continued with that production and so I mean he currently had a 7.25 target per game average my opinion when you're looking for wide receivers in the later rounds is you want to kind of follow the targets because targets you know equal production or hopefully equal production so if that would if you extend that out to a full season that's 116 total targets and that ties in with Brandon Cooks who was 17th among wide receivers and targets last year. And in the ninth round, that's a crazy value, right? So, you know. Yeah, and I, I somewhat agree with you, but I, I'm curious about, I mean, he's played three seasons. Yes. He's never played a full season. 
ever. Yes. And I understand you're not really supposed to draft, about, you're not supposed to think about the injuries, but I tend, I tend to do that, and I'm a little worried. I don't like any of the other receivers on that team, unfortunately. I kind of like Jimmy Graham, uh, but I, I, I am worried that the man has never finished a season. And, I mean, and he does have competition in there. Even Marcus Valquez, Valdez Scantling, M we'll say MVS. It <laughs> will say MVS is there. Yeah, sure, his catch rate is pretty low, but I think that he has a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Are you worried about that? Uh, you know, I don't really think that either Valdez Scantling or Equinamia St. Brown have enough of a rapport with Aaron Rodgers to necessarily take um, targets away from Geronimo Allison. I mean, when Geronimo Allison was in, he was getting targeted like crazy. And, you know, the injuries are a risk. I understand that. But fantasy football is a week-by-week -week game, right? I mean, if you could grab somebody in the ninth who can help you win your week, I don't know, maybe six weeks, right? Is that not valuable, right? Yeah. You know, and then if he does get injured, you throw him out, you grab somebody on the waiver wire. But you know what? I would love to have somebody who, for six weeks, will win me my fantasy football matchup because he's putting up those Aaron Rodgers points. Yeah, he, I mean, he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I get where you're coming exactly, from. Exactly, yeah. I think the only thing they have going for them in the receiving core is that they have the best names in the NFL with, for their receiving core, <laughs> now that I think about it. Well, I mean, okay, so Devontae Adams obviously is... I think one of the best literal names. I was game. I was kidding, Mike. Oh, literal names. Literal oh, names. <laughs> oh, we're yeah. talking okay. Geronimo Allison, MVS. I'm not going to say his name again. And then who's the other guy? Equinamius Equin St. Brown. Exactly. Dude, don't you wish your mom had named you Equinamius St. Brown? One hundred percent. Absolutely. I wish. I would have had to have been a big deal though. Okay. 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 So so Geronimo Allison aside. Okay. My second one is a little bit more controversial, mm -hmm. and that's Matt Breida. So I will admit I'm a huge Matt Breida fan. I know he's not in a great position. I, I see your faces, <laughs> assholes. Um, yeah, nobody nobody agrees with me. Uh, so right now he's his ADP is in the ninth round, kind of late ninth round. So I had met <laughs> what? That's surprisingly high. <laughs> That's surprisingly <laughs> high. Um, well, I will tell you why, Bobby. That is not surprisingly high. So last year. Um, Matt Breida played 14 games. He didn't finish all 16. And six games, he actually left the game early due to injury. So I'm going to say right away, injury concern. <laughs> this guy attracts soft tissue injuries uh, like Corey attracts beer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, you had something to say? Talk about hot takes. Uh, do you know he tore his pec today? Yeah, I did. I did. But did you know that they also the said that he would be ready for camp? He can't. I did hear that. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, did you know that he played through a lot of these games, all sorts of hurt, and still put up fantasy <laughs> points? Needs, I can read the fantasy points off to you. You're absolutely right, and I agree with that. So, not only uh, torn pectoral muscle... Uh, but Kyle Shanahan brought Tevin Coleman into this offense for an absolute reason, and it was not so that he could play behind Matt Breda. There's too many mouths to feed in that uh, running back committee, and it's going. All those carries are going to go to Jarek McKinnon or Tevin Coleman. So I could see why you would think that. Here's my retort: um, Matt Breda averaged 5.3 yards per attempt, and that's fourth amongst running backs in the league. So he was crushing it when he was getting the ball and when he wasn't injured. Um, 
obviously Jarek McKinnon is an injury concern. He's coming off a torn, was it ACL? ACL. And then Tevin Coleman is coming off. You know, Matt Breida had a lot of injuries too. I understand why they want to have three running backs on the roster. Shanahan has been known for running two running backs anyways. So it makes complete sense. But I do think that Matt Breida is going to get the first crack at this. I think that he has shown that he is a very talented running back. And like you said, Corey, we're, we're looking at the ninth round here, okay? That's not a lot of draft capital. We're not risking a whole lot by getting him. But if you happen to get the, the running back that pops off in a Kyle Shanahan offense, I think you're sitting pretty with a ninth round pick. We'll leave it at that. Drop the mic. Well, and, okay. I wouldn't say that. It's my tag. <laughs> I just don't want to talk better anymore, Mike. No. <laughs> but, but moving, Fair enough. But moving forward, I want to hear more about. Um, I want to hear about Tyler's picks. Who you got? I'm going to start today talking about Latavius Murray. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to spit some stats here. I think that are uh, very compelling when it comes to the argument for Latavius Murray. I'm going to start with actually Mark Ingram stats though. In 2018, he had 138 attempts. 645 yards of 4.7 yards per attempt, six touchdowns. Right now he has an ADP of 57, looking at a mid to late round fourth pick to get Mark Ingram. We're looking at Latavius Murray's stats last year. We're looking at 140 attempts, 578 yards, 4.1 yards per attempt, six touchdowns himself. So a little lower on the yards per attempt, but we'll get to that. ADP of 90. Looking, for, looking at a mid-seventh round pick here. So we're talking about almost three rounds of difference between these guys who had close to identical statistics last year. The big thing here is situation, right? Latavius Murray is moving to a team that has a dramatically better offensive line than the Minnesota Vikings did. The Minnesota Vikings had the 15th ranked offensive line last year. They have 39 runs of 10 plus yards. And I'm gonna talk about a stat here that we call run power. What that is, is the percentage of rushes on third and fourth down with two or fewer yards to go where a first down or a touchdown was gained. And this does include first and second from goal. The Minnesota Vikings had a percentage success rate of 57 to the left, 62 up the middle, and 50 to the right. Now that same statistic for the Saints offensive line is 64 to the left, 93 up the middle, and 65 to the right, in addition to the 44 runs of 10 plus yards that they pushed out there. Latavius Murray put up almost identical numbers to Mark Ingram last year, and he's moving into a situation that, I mean, how much better does he get, right? They were the second-ranked offensive line last year. So are you thinking that Latavius Murray just completely slots into the Mark Ingram slot, gets all of his work, does exactly what Mark Ingram did in that offense? You know what? I, I really do, actually. And, and here's the reason why. is Alvin Kamara is obviously a superstar. Sure. But the thing is, he's been a superstar. He's been killing it. I don't understand why Sean Pate would say, hey, you've been doing great with what we've given you. Let's put more on your plate. I don't think that they need to ask more of Elvin Kamara. I think they need to keep asking more of the same from Elvin Kamara. And they bring in Latavius Murray to do exactly what Mark Ingram did. And, you know, looking at the statistics, I would argue that he's going to do it better. You, so you, you're saying that you think that Latavius Murray as a player is more talented no, than no, Mark no, Ingram? No. I don't think that's the case. Well, that's then why so do you think he's going to do it better? Just, I mean, just look at the statistics. I don't think he's necessarily a better player, but I think he had a better season. I think he's lined up to have a better season. He's younger than Mark Ingram. I think you know, there's any number of factors. I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with you because he's on the best team that ever <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote came about. Uh, but 
I will say, I mean, being a Saints fan, I kind of know about all of the all of the roster moves that they've made. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Divine Ozigbo. Do you know who that is? You know, I, I don't. He's okay, <laughs> he's about the same size. Easy now. Don't you're not taking him, guys. Uh, but Divine Ozigbo is about the same size as him as as Latavius Murray. He's he's six foot, and Latavius is six foot three. But he's two hundred and thirty six pounds. So he weighs six pounds more than Latavius Murray. He averaged seven yards a carry at Nebraska. That's insane. With over 200 carries last year, he was a freak beast. And the reason why they brought, yeah, I like that word too. Uh, but the reason why they brought Latavius Murray is to run between the tackles. This is all this dude does yeah. is run between the tackles and get goal line work. Are you at all worried about a young guy with young knees coming into the league with a seven yard <laughs> per carry average? You know, I think that. Taking and spot. again, I was not aware that this human existed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big point. <laughs> so I think you make a great point, but I do think that the Saints run a really complicated offense, and it's going to take a rookie a while to come in and acclimate. I think Latavius Murray is going to be perfectly serviceable. And, you know, even if even if this rookie comes in and maybe starts to get more work towards the end of the year, I think Sean Payton's going to know better than to throw him into the fire right away. I mean, he is a veteran. You're, you're probably right there. I just wanted to throw that out there. That there is a guy there that No, no, absolutely. And, and I think yeah. you're... A, 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 just a fine dynasty pick. You know, Absolutely. One of the best, mm-hmm. maybe. 100%. I wish I didn't talk about it because now. <laughs> yeah, you gave it up. Apparently, there. Bobby knew about it. <laughs> you right? gave it up. Yeah. Who's your second guy on your list? My second guy is the cutest man in the NFL. I'm talking about Kiki Kuti. Whoa, it's not Tom Brady? Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady is the sexiest man alive, but I'm talking about the cutest man in the NFL. <laughs> and I just want to talk about what Kiki Kuti did last year in an injury ravaged season. Let's Let's call it that. Seven games, and I am including the playoff game that they played against the Colts. I think that's relevant. They're going to play the Colts twice more next year, right? So let's go ahead and just call it seven games last season. 55 targets, 39 receptions, 397 yards, two touchdowns. Let's expand that out, project it for 16 games. We're talking about 126 targets, 89 receptions, 907 yards, right around five touchdowns. In a half-point PPR league, that puts him at 165.2 points. He would have been the 22nd ranked wide receiver, a low-end wide receiver too. You know who who scored fewer than 165.2 points last season was Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey. Both came in behind where Kiki Kuti might have been able to end up. And I'm I'm just going to hit these draft marks really quick and then go ahead and respond. Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey are 44 and 46 ADP. We're talking about the 8th pick in the 3rd round, the 10th pick in the 3rd round. Kiki Kuti, 91 ADP. Seventh round, seventh pick. Get at me. I was just going to say, I feel personally attacked as a Bears fan. <laughs> You're coming funny. to Allen Robinson <laughs> and Elshon? Bro. I mean, bro. You know, the, the, well, the, I guess, the numbers I guess, don't lie. Yeah, numbers don't lie. You know, I, I guess I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I just wanted to say I don't appreciate it. That's fair. I feel like there was a little bit of malice in those stats. I mean, you know, there may have been some, you know, not the best intentions behind me picking Kiki Kuti, but... You know, we do what we want with our numbers. Yeah, fair. So, real quick though, yeah, sure. how do you how do you feel like Will Fuller coming back healthy is going to affect Kiki Kuti? They do numbers? entirely. Oh, sorry, they do entirely different things. Will Fuller is out there to stretch the field. He'll you know he'll get his targets, but it, it's not even close to the same sort of targets that Kiki Kuti's gonna get. You know, he plays that slot route. He's gonna be running the drags or across the middle, the screens. And they just do entirely different things, right? So I'm really not concerned about Will Fuller coming in and siphoning off those targets. Okay, so you think that 
Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, Kiki Kuti, they can all get their share. They're all going to be valuable. Well, I mean, I am not particularly interested in Will Fuller because I'm not one of those boomer bust guys that is hoping that he goes out there and catches a 50-yard touchdown every week. Okay. I want DeAndre Hopkins because he's DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. And then I want Kiki Kuti because he's going to be the guy that Deshaun Watson, when he's running for his life, is going to look for to dump yeah. that ball off to, right? So you're valuing Kiki Kuti over Will Fuller this year? Absolutely. Volume. Okay. Volume, volume, volume. volume. I guess that goes what I was saying about targets. It's all about the targets yes, for wide exactly. receivers. Absolutely. Yeah. Volume is everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So moving forward to Bobby, who you got? Uh, I got two guys that are ranked uh, pretty low uh, this year, so far at least. And uh, Traquan Smith, um, the wide receiver for the Saints, he's at about 159, which is, gosh, pretty low. And then uh, Royce Freeman, uh, the running back for the uh, Denver Broncos, who's at about 92 of the ADP. Um, first thing I want to start with is uh, Royce Freeman. Um, towards the end of last year, uh, Philip Lindsay's obviously was you know the breakout undrafted free agent star in Denver, um, but things started to kind of slow down for him in the uh, especially the last three weeks um, of last year where he was you know averaging um, excuse me didn't manage to get anything more than you know fifty yards throughout all three weeks. Um, We've seen that kind of the case in Denver that uh, a lot of Broncos running backs seem to have, you know, pretty good seasons and then something happens in winter and someone else starts to break out. And I think that's definitely going to be Royce Freeman. Um, There's a new regime coming in with Denver, um, the new head coach, new offensive line um, coach and a new offensive coordinator, I think. Um, So there could be a lot of, uh, you know, mix up in between who they want to go with for their number one guy. Um, also, I mean, Denver has a quietly amazing offensive line. Um, they, uh, allow a lot of yards before contact. Um, looking back at 2018 stats, they give the running backs a lot of room to move around before, you know, the, the hole closes in. And I think that, you know, Philip Lindsay might be, uh, one of the most overrated running backs of last year. Um, he definitely put up some great stats. He's a hell of a player, but I don't know if, uh, the stats and even the tape really shows the whole story of what's going on there. So, Bobby, um, you choosing Royce Freeman, I want to say, um, I'm so happy that you've decided to put him on your back and, you know, like, speak his praises to us because I drafted him in the first round of Dynasty last year, and I've been so miserable about it, <laughs> and I've been so disappointed, and I just needed somebody to walk me off the ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've definitely helped with that, but... My question is, so you do you think that Royce Freeman is going to get a higher attempt share than Philip Lindsay this year? Uh, I think towards the end of the season, it will shake out that way. It's definitely going to start with Philip Lindsay getting probably the line share of the carries at first. Uh, maybe. We'll see. You know, it might not even go that way at the beginning. But I think Royce Freeman is going to win the job by the end of the season. Okay, so you're so you're saying that... I'm saying for a you know tenth, eleventh, like late round flyer, um, this is the number two running back in a uh, not clear cut backfield. Like we, not everyone is. Phil Lindsay is falling compared to how well he did last year. So someone is going to have to take over that job. Now you have Flacco um, and a real quarterback. The Cow or the Broncos haven't had a real quarterback to actually spread out their field in quite a while. Uh, ahead, Corey. It's really funny that you said Flacco is a real quarterback. Super Bowl champ, <laughs> Joe Flacco. Yeah, uh, Super Bowl champ, uh, fucking Manning, 
Why can't I think of the first name? Peyton? Peyton? Not Peyton. No. Eli? Eli. Eli. Wow. You should Eli. be able to think of both of it's those first names. Definitely Archie Manning. Yeah, Archie <laughs> Manning. We're talking shit about Archie Manning uh, on the podcast today. So, as far as... It's, it's, Joe Flacco, okay. It's funny to me, uh, I, I just want to know the reason why you think Philip Lindsay is not capable of having the same year he did last year. Uh, I think his production really took a nosedive at the very end of last year. Um, I think that the Broncos are moving in an entirely different direction. Um, there is a lot. I mean, John Owe is the only thing constant there, and Von Miller. Like, there's going to be, you know, a lot of moving pieces there. And I think that, uh, again, for his ADP, I'm not saying that you should take Royce Freeman or Philip Lindsay. You're not going to be able to. That'd be stupid. But I'm saying if we're talking about in the late round flyer, this could easily end up being an RB1 for your, like, championship run. So, as a argument, would you not then want, if you did take a player like Philip Lindsay that might have some question marks, would you look to target Royce Freeman maybe as a handcuff in the later rounds? Oh, for sure. I think if you take, I think it was a great point. I think if you get Philip Lindsay, you have to take Royce Freeman. Because if you take Philip Lindsay, uh, where is he going? Like the third or the fourth now? Yes. Um, you're. Like, that could just be a wasted pick with the way things, I think, are going. Um, but I think that's the, the smart thing to do, definitely, for sure. If you go with either of these guys, you probably get Lindsay a little bit later. We'll see how he ends up going uh, as we get closer to the season. But I think it's definitely smart to handcuff them together. I just want to – I'm just going to piggyback on, on what Bobby said really quickly. When we talk about handcuffing running backs, the kind of running backs that you should draft as handcuffs, we always talk about guys that are going to have standalone value. And they're going to be able to put up numbers in your flex spot every once in a while. You sub them in on a bye week, and you can depend on them for, for a little bit of production at least. And I think that Royce Freeman does fill that hole on mm-hmm. the Broncos' offense. You're gonna, you're gonna, he's going to give you some usage, even if it's not, even if Philip Lindsay doesn't go down, right? So I think he's an ideal handcuff that you'd want to look for after you draft Philip Lindsay. Definitely. Um, and then uh, moving on from uh, Royce Freeman, my second guy is uh, Traquan Smith on the wide receiver for the Saints. Um, now, this uh, Turquoise Smith is going into his second year um, as a receiver. Uh, last year, he had a pretty uh, up-and-down season. Um, he had two breakout games, um, and uh, both of those kind of seemed to stem from Ted Ginn getting injured in Week 5. That was uh, when Turquoise Smith really broke out. Um, he Turquoise Smith is... Uh, after Ted Ginn's injury, he was forced to go from being a slot receiver, which is kind of his primary primary strength, into uh, the deep ball guy, taking over for Ted Ginn. He's not quite as fast, and he didn't really have as much success there, but I think, you know, that's a lot of uh, work to really put on a rookie receiver's shoulders. Um, I think after two years with the Saints, he's got, you know, a rapport with future Hall of Famer Drew Brees and one of the scariest offenses in the NFL. Um, he may be the second, you know, he's going to be listed as probably the third receiver on a depth chart, but again, this is a deep dive. Um, I don't really expect that much from Ted Ginn going forward. Obviously, Michael Thomas is the greatest, and he's going to get all the targets, but uh, somebody else has to catch the ball there, and uh, I think he's a great player. Go ahead, did Tom. you, sorry if I missed it, did you mention uh, what round you're, you're likely getting Traquan Smith in? Oh, yeah, for the uh, ADP of Traquan Smith, he's at 159, so this is going to be like, uh, yeah. That's undrafted. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, <laughs> this is one of your last guys you want to get for a kicker or defense, but again, I really like getting the wide receiver twos uh, for Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, you see that with, like you were saying, Mike, with uh, Geronimo Allison, 
um, and Aaron Rodgers, there are some receiving cores that are good enough to go deep into. So, Bobby, you're talking about this guy. So, Ted Ginn just put out on social media that he will race anybody for $10,000 prize if you beat him. Do you think Traquan Smith can beat him for $10,000? No. I think it'd be close, but I think if you look at the 40 times, yeah, Ted Ginn is a fast man. Um, yeah. Uh, there's no denying that. And again, I think that's why Traquan Smith kind of suffered. He was in an unfamiliar role, and he's fast. He's faster than Michael Thomas, even, but... He's not quite Ted Ginn fast. Just <laughs> asking the hard-hitting questions, you know? <laughs> what the people want to know. Who win in a race for $10,000? Absolutely. And, and, and again, playing devil's advocate for the best team that there is. Um, is that devil's advocate? Quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't, know, I don't know how that works. But I, Jared Cook just came onto, the, <laughs> came onto the team. And last year, what they were lacking was a tight end. Somebody else to, for Drew Brees to throw to. They had Benjamin Watson. The dude's like 50 years old, right? So he wasn't getting any targets. Obviously, Michael Thomas is getting the targets. The second most targeted dude was obviously Alvin Kamara, right? So you're saying he's going to get more targets than a Jared Cook. So what, is he the third most targeted guy on the team, or is he going to be the fourth? I think that he will – it's going to be close between him and Jared Cook. You're right. Um, I mean, you Thank definitely you. know the Saints more than, the, <laughs> you know, like how Drew Brees, Drew Brees is going to throw the ball. But I think that still, I mean, there's going to be a lot of coverage on these superstars. And someone is going to get, you know, the, the second or third looks uh, for Drew Brees. And he's going to spread the ball around. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he's going to do what needs to be done to move down the field. And it's not, only, not always going to go to these guys. Well, well, Nate, you're waxing poetic about Jared Cook when the Saints have the best tight end slash wide receiver slash running back slash quarterback since defensive end slash Cornerback in his name. Taysom Hill. You're dang right. He is. Taysom Hill. Why do they even need Jared Cook? <laughs> they absolutely don't. In fact, why do they need the rest of the offense? Taysom Hill does it all. He's also a punt return. Um, <laughs> my, my bad. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, cont continue. Are you just wrapping up? Yeah, just wrapping up that I think, yeah, Traquan Smith, again, this is the this is your last round guy. You might take him after. You might jump up to the 14th to grab a nice defense or kicker. You know, you want to get, uh, I don't know, Goskowski or something. But, like, this is going to be a late round flyer that could end up being, I mean, if Michael Thomas goes down, this could be one of the top receivers at the end of the season Ugh, so how to put that in the air bobby i'm just saying you gotta handcuff your superstars if you want longevity and if you want to win a championship we at the laces out fantasy podcast do not advocate drafting based on injury we do advocate knocking on wood when bobby puts evil out of the universe knock on, wood. Say, knock on wood we'll see who's not alive at the championship <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving forward and uh, last but not least uh, myself, I, I, have, I have two guys that I'm really excited to talk about. One, because I had a heated debate with some random people I've never met uh, this morning. And uh, the other one, just because I'm, I've always liked him since college. And the first one is Carlos Hyde. I've, uh, I've been a, a big advocate of Carlos Hyde ever since he entered the league. Um, I don't know if anybody else is as high as, uh, uh, of him as, as much as I am. But here's the reason why. He's on a Kansas City team that desperately needs clock management. And here's the thing, at the end of the day, 
They they didn't have any. This is why they were getting in shootouts left and right. Sure, they won the majority of their games last year. uh, But right now, first on the depth chart is a guy who's going at 1.9. You can talk in a second. Uh, At (laughs) 1.9, which is way too high for a guy named Damian Williams. who a, A guy, just so you guys know, he has never had more than 50 carries in a season. Granted, he was on an awful team in Miami for quite some time. I see you, Bobby. Talk to him in a second. Uh, he's never had more than 13 carries in a game. He has very small sample size, yet people are so high on him, even though last year he averaged, what, 5 point yards, 5.1 yard per carry, and the rest of the time that, that he's been in the league since 2014, he has averaged 3.5 yards per carry. I'll pause there, but go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Oh, yeah. Continue. Necessary. Let me cheers, 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 cheers to cheers, Damian cheers. Williams. Mm-hmm. My my mm-hmm. concern, I, I agree with you that Damian Williams is you know probably not all he's cracked up to be based on a three game sample size. My issue with Carlos Hyde is that it seems to be that the crux of your argument for Carlos Hyde is an argument against Damian Williams. So what I want to hear is why do you like Carlos Hyde, not why do you dislike Damian Williams? I think they go hand in hand though, especially when you look at fantasy. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm looking at depth chart. I'm looking at the guy that they have first in line, and I'm looking at the guy they have second in line. Right now, they have Damian Williams, a guy I do not believe in, and I don't think you should draft him in the second round. <laughs> yeah, I agree if about you that. do, I'd slap you, right? <laughs> but a guy in Carlos Hyde, who's right now average draft position is 8.6. He's dra- getting drafted in, in the eighth round, late in the eighth round, at 104. I like a guy who's averaged four yards per carry, and I'll come to you in a second, Mike. A guy who's averaged four yards a carry since 2014 on also garbage teams. His quarterbacks, just so you guys know. Tyrod Taylor, okay. Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, Jimmy G for like three games. Colin Kaepernick for six games. Then Blaine Gabbert for five. Colin Kaepernick for eight. Blaine Gabbert for five. It's awful, right? So you're looking at offenses that were never potent, that doesn't bode well for running backs because at the end of the day you're not going to run the ball if you're down often yet the dude still carried the ball four yards per carry throughout his career i like a guy that run between the tackles especially when i give you my next point after mike tells me what he wants to tell me well nate i'm going to tell you you're absolutely correct and Mm. the reason i think that is because when he was with the 49ers before he went to those scrub teams like the browns and the jags browns are good now but they used to suck uh, allegedly good. Uh, yeah. Allegedly good. Allegedly. Another conversation. <laughs> we'll talk at the end of the year. Uh, but when he was with the 49ers, so 2016, he almost had 1,000 yards on the ground with six touchdowns. And he had 27 receptions for 163 yards. That's pretty great. And then in 2017, he had another year of almost 1,000 yards on the ground, 938 with 59 receptions for 350 yards. Like, he's a talented guy. Like, he could get the job done. He could be a 1,000-yard running back. But, I mean, he's just been on other teams who have had other priorities, other guys coming in. You know, if he could take this guy from this scrub, Damian Williams, then, like, under Andy Reid, like, 2,000 yards... Am I crazy? I Is that unthinkable? I can't tell if you're yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> but Nate, listen, I'm patronizing you and dreaming at the same time. <laughs> I dig it. Corey, we'll come to you and then I'll finish it up. Pop quiz. Uh, what are the career total rushing yards for Damian Williams? Who cares? I already know. <laughs> uh, that is... Hold on, hold on. I have it written somewhere. 
Go ahead. Go ahead and so, say it out loud. 733 yards with 183 career carries. 183. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with Nate here that that the drafts the draft capital for Damian Williams at in the second round is insane it's like picking Derrick Henry in that spot don't do it you're not picking Derrick Henry in the second round bro I'm kidding I'm kidding don't do that yeah I'll, I'll take the 50 burgers it's cool yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. once per year (laughs) yeah yeah please don't and again again it's 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 just as much about Damian Williams as it is about Carlos Hyde I'm not saying he's a transcendent talent I don't think he's top two worthy I think he's on one of the best offenses in the league and he's going to get work done after Damian Williams shits the bed he's going to he's going to get the workload he's going to get what more than 13 (laughs) carries in a game for once and he's gonna he's not gonna do very well and i think that the person that they're actually gonna need is somebody that their offensive coordinator eric benaimi he was in the league for nine years he was a he was actually a running back somebody who understands the game somebody who understands clock management is everything andy reed's gonna take his playbook and say yeah, maybe we'll do that. But at the end of the day, they're going to look at last year and they're going to say, I don't want to be in shootouts anymore. We want to clock manage. And Damian Williams is not the guy. Carlos Hyde is. Yeah, and I mean, I outside <laughs> of when Kareem Hunt was with the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid was not shy about kind of switching around running backs when one guy was outperforming the other, as we saw with like Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West in the past. So, you know, I mean, who knows? I think that this is a good risk. This is This is you know, a good risk-reward thing. 100%. And then if you look at touchdown totals for last year, there were 16 rushing touchdowns. Kareem Hunt's gone. He had seven, right? You have Spencer Ware, who had three or four. He's gone. He's in Indianapolis. Who's going to take them? I don't think it's going to be the guy that's going to lose his job week two. I think it's going to be a guy who, in Carlos Hyde, I've projected to have not many yards, but 768 yards, seven touchdowns, 30 receptions, 205 yards, and two touchdowns. That's good enough for 183 points in PPR. I'm okay with that, right? At the end of the day, that gives you RP 17 of 2018 numbers. That's I'm all solid. about that, especially in the eighth round. To bounce off your uh, point that Spencer Ware moving to the Colts, um, I think it's going to leave you know huge vacuum in that offense. Spencer Ware has been actually kind of a staple of the Kansas City offense for years now. Like he's been a solid backup option for you know I think since. Um, Oh my gosh, what's his name? Uh, the transcendent Jamal running back. Williams. Jamal Williams. Williams. Just retired. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Yeah. Jamal Charles. <laughs> Jamal Charles. <laughs> Jamal Charles. God damn it. God damn it. Anyways, yeah, much respect for Jamal Charles. Um, but he, uh, you know, Spencer Ware has been there and a trusted guy in that offense for a long time. I think him being on is really going to open it up um, for both of these guys to shine. I think that's going to give, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde his chance to really stand, stand out. 100%. I'm glad we all agree. And, you know, those are all fantastic points. I certainly am not drafting Damian Williams in the second round. Like I said, I like to hear arguments for a player rather than against another player. And you all certainly provided that for me and our listeners. So I think that we sounds can great to me. Wrap that one up. Can we all get a suck it, Tyler? Suck, suck it, Tyler. Tyler. Suck it, Tyler. Tyler. I'll be over here. Dilly dilly. <laughs> all right. You might be able to do that for this next guy. Uh, my next guy is Dante Pettis and for the 49ers. And here's the reason why. It's similar, actually, to the Carlos Hyde argument in that there's nobody there, right? I'm sure they, they, they just drafted Debo Samuel. I'm excited about him. They drafted Jalen, what, Jalen Hurd? Yep. Okay, we're all just shrugging our hearts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a person. But they have, they have Marquise Goodwin. Let's take a look at their actual depth chart. They have uh, 
Trent Taylor as the second best wide receiver after Debo Samuel. We don't care about any of these guys. Dante, Dante Pettis was drafted with high draft capital in the third round. They moved up to get him last year as a rookie. And even though he got injured, I mean, if you looked at his actual stats, they were pretty exciting numbers. He actually had five touchdowns. And this is, get this stuff. As far as touchdowns go, I mean, he had a season total of five touchdowns. That's not super exciting. Nobody really cares about that, especially over... I mean, he only played in 12... Technically, he played in 12 games, but seven of seven of them is when he actually played full-time. full, full time. Sure. But if you look at it, he had five touchdowns. The last time somebody had five touchdowns for the 49ers was Ancon Bolden in, 2004, in 2014. And, <laughs> wow. and Pettis did it with 45 targets. Bolden did it with 130. <laughs> You're welcome, right? <laughs> so we look at this, and we take a look at somebody, what is he, the third cutest guy in the league, Jimmy G? And you take a look at this guy, and you say, okay, th I believe that he's a transcendent talent. I think that if he's healthy, Jimmy G, he's going he's gonna to put up monstrous numbers. They're not going to throw to anybody else other than the best person on that team, and that's George Kittle. I think we all can agree with that. But the second best guy is going to be one of the fastest guys on their team at 6'1", as well as 6'1", um, and that's going to be Dante Pettis. You know, I think that you, you make some good points. What concerns me the most about Dante Pettis actually isn't necessarily, you know, the same thing I was arguing in the last one. You're making arguments against other players. The thing that concerns me is that all of that production came in the second half of last season. So who wasn't there in the second half of last season? A good quarterback. Jimmy G. You're absolutely right. But my concern is that Jimmy G's coming into this fresh. Right, so he doesn't have chemistry really with any of his receivers. He turned towards ACL in, in week three, so it's not like he's coming in saying, you know, Dante Pettis is the guy. I got to hit him because we had such great rapport last year. All of these guys, I mean, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, even. Can you say George Kittle as well? I, I, of course. I mean, George. No, I can't say that about George Kittle. He's going to have great rapport. I think. Why? What is the same thing? It's the same it's the exact case. They have they have experience together. It's going back, going back even to the last five games. Of 2017, okay. that Jimmy G played with Take George five Kittle. Games. Right, fair enough. That's what I mean. Five games. It's something, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there's nothing there mm -hmm. with with uh, Dante Pettis. That's his name. That's his remember name. Him. <laughs> and I don't draft even remember him. it because he's he's, and he's, draft he's him. just a guy. But no, no, yeah. I I think that he's he's going to be decent. But I don't think that you can just go in and say he's going to be the best player. Jimmy G is just going to be hitting him up all over the time. And you didn't say it, but George Kittle. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, so two things, Nate. One, I would argue that Jimmy Garoppolo is the second best looking person in the league behind Tom Brady. I think that's an important distinction to make. There's a big drop off between second and third best looking person in the Thomas league. Thomas Kelsey's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, but not as gorgeous as Jimmy G. <laughs> um, but also, so are you valuing Dante Pettis over Marquise Goodwin this year? I am. You are? I think I think we've given Marquise Goodwin I think I've given Marquise Goodwin enough time to prove me right. I love him. I think he's super fast. I think we all do. I think, but he's honestly, so fast. but honestly, I, I looked at his speed and said that's going to translate like a Tyreek Hill, right? He's mm -hmm. so fast. That's going to change the game. Um, when in reality, he's not nearly as fast as Tyreek. R.I.P. Sorry, Bobby. Uh, Tyreek Hill was. <laughs> we'll see. Um, allegedly. Yeah. Right. Allegedly. Oh. Um, Likely. But, eh. but either way, he, he just didn't show enough with. Being able and he can't stay healthy either. It, it's pretty frustrating. So yeah, I think he's a better talent. I think that's why they drafted him, Dante Pettis. But I mean, he really hasn't gotten to show what he's worth with a good quarterback. Just saying, you know, Jimmy G only played with him a couple games. Yeah, I think to bounce off that though, I think the hallmark of a great receiver is someone who can play with a dog shit quarterback. 
Look at Larry Fitzgerald. Look at DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, these are amazing guys who played with trash and still got it done. So I think, you know, we'll see how he uh, develops his relationship with Garoppolo. It's pretty good, but I actually do like Pettis as well. Question. So <clears throat> Debo Samuel or Pettis? Debo Samuel. Okay. That's what oh, I was okay. thinking. Well, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. for, for Dynasty, I, I would take Debo, but I think for this year, PPR, yep. Pettis. I mean, well, I, it all it all it all depends. It comes down to some rapport. If we're taking your arguments, then you have to go with Dante Pettis because at right. least he knows who he is <laughs> before this year. But if, they, if we're using passes. that argument, I think that Dante Pettis this year it will be him. But I guess I apologize. I have a dynasty mindset right now, and I would go Debo Samuel all day. I think we all would. Yeah, but and I think he's a better dynasty. talent. Yeah, absolutely. But and I just want to I just want to finish up. With a, we have a couple more minutes here, but real quick, um, just to make my argument a little bit better. <laughs> Why the heck not? The last seven weeks of the season, um, when targeted, he had 139 of their quarterback that was targeting him. Who was that, by the way? Uh, CJ making him look dang good. Yeah. He had a 139.5 passer rating. That's ridiculous when targeting with this man. He did big things, and he makes quarterbacks look really good. I'm really excited for Jimmy G to be targeting this guy. And look, it's low risk. I mean, he's he's drafted in the as the 85th overall, 7th round. You can't be mad That's at That's a great that. point. We are it's, talking about flyers. Absolutely. I mean, I get it. Debo Samuel's there. He's, he's exciting. But... Uh, Go ahead and draft him. Draft both my guys because I made great points. <laughs> yeah, well, and I would say even like the worst of our opinions right here are still good opinions based on their ADP. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What it comes down these to are all ADP value. Discounts. These are it's all a, discount. Yeah, discount value. Uh, go we'll out. Use orders. your coupons on these guys because it, it'll pay off in the long run. You got to have your guys. I think we all have made strong cases. Um, but we're just gonna wrap up because I think that the best way for me to wrap up is with great points from Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and just guys, just so you guys know, we do have Instagram, Laces Out Fantasy Football on Instagram. Uh, we want you guys to follow, take a look at our, our website, take a look at our fantasy rankings, as well as our rookie dynasty rankings. Bobby is going to put those up today, just so you guys know. <laughs> and um, we appreciate you guys listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, Appreciate you guys. Cheers. 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 We'll see you guys next time.